Hello, you guys. Welcome to episode three of The Smush Room, the podcast that deep dives on the well-known and more importantly, not so well-known, unprotected sexual encounters of your favorite reality TV stars. I am your host, Troy McEady, and today's episode is particularly messy. I'm going to let you know that right off the top. Um, I remember this story being very messy when we lived through it, but I guess I had blacked out a lot of the details. Today, we're going to be deep diving on Paris Hilton and Nick Carter. So Paris Hilton and Nick Carter dated for about 10 months in April of 2004, and they dated during a really, really low point in Nick's career and just in his life in general. He was at the peak of his issues with drugs and alcohol and depression. Um, He had physically let himself go. I remember reading a lot at that time, you know, people would make fun of his weight and his skin had gotten really bad. He was basically going through his like Rob Kardashian era. And Paris was on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. She had just basically skyrocketed to fame because of the simple life. She was becoming a household name. She was slowly becoming the most famous person in the world. So they were on totally different wavelengths when they met. And apparently they were introduced through Paris's bodyguard, who was a friend of Nick's. So Paris gave the bodyguard her contact information, told him to give it to Nick and that she wanted to go on a date with him because she thought he was cute. And the rest is history. Now, when you consider who we're talking about, 10 months is actually a pretty fucking long time. It's kind of an eternity in this world. So I've always been under the impression that these two really did love each other. And even after researching them, I really do still feel like at the time they were really, really in love. And Nick has since gone on to say that this relationship was one of the worst things that could have ever happened to him, especially at this point in his life. Um, He said that Paris led him down a really dark path, which is something we'll definitely get into. And like I said, this story is just it's particularly very messy. There's a lot of moving parts. There's some domestic violence. Uh, There's some Ashley Simpson involvement. Uh, There's some Aaron Carter involvement. There's just a lot going on. So let's just get right into it. So before The Simple Life, the Hilton sisters were known mostly for being photographed at nightclubs in New York, which started when they were around 15 and 16 years old. And the Hilton family at that time was living at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in Manhattan during the 90s, which is actually pretty iconic to the whole like Hilton storyline because Paris and Nikki would famously sneak out of the Waldorf to go clubbing. And their parents had no idea for years that their daughters had basically become these, like, underage New York social scene staples. They would basically show up at these Hollywood industry parties and these events and these clubs, and they would wear, like, really crazy outfits, and they would dance on tables, uh, clearly drunk and underage, and uh, they would just behave inappropriately. And they quickly developed a relationship with Page Six, and that's how they became known as New York City It Girls. I think Page Six basically started the snowball of their careers. This went on for a few years. They were becoming more and more well-known in New York. And without telling their parents, Paris and Nikki posed in an 11-page photo spread for Vanity Fair that was shot by David LaChapelle. The photos were supposed to poke fun at their reputations as, like, socialite party girls And Paris wore a necklace that said rich and she posed topless in her grandmother's Beverly Hills mansion. So 
the pictures were really controversial. One of the most iconic ones is the one where Paris is giving that middle finger. She's her, she's like topless. You can see her nipple. And I remember during that time, like the gossip magazines would refer to those pictures as the nipple shots. And they were super controversial, which is crazy because people literally didn't even really know who they were. So there's this weird juxtaposition between the fact that they're unknown and also very well known and really super controversial but they've done nothing but just go out and drink. It's insane. And in 2002, GQ editor Jim Nelson wrote a seven-page parody based on the Hiltons titled The Marriott Sisters with one T so they wouldn't get sued. And the story was based on these two spoiled brat heiresses named Dallas and Frenchie who would hang out at hot spots in New York and they would get photographed leaving places drunk with their thongs hanging out. And the magazine even went as far as to hire these two models to pose as them that would appear on talk shows and they would do interviews and character. And the parody didn't really take off. The magazine abandoned the idea, especially because the Marriott Hotel got involved and they were like, what the fuck are you doing? But I brought this up specifically to kind of... Now, mind you, this took place way before Nikki and Paris were actually famous. So it gives you a perspective of how important they were in New York City at that time and the fact that they were just sort of creating this new idea and this new version of what it meant to be famous like they were literally famous for going out and being themselves which was unheard of at the time. Paris's first celebrity feud took place in 2003 uh, which she got in a physical fight with Shannon Doherty at a restaurant over her then boyfriend Rick Solomon. Uh, Spoiler alert Rick Solomon comes up again. I actually have a quote here from page six. I'm just going to read the whole thing. It's kind of a long one. Gossip Bible page six dot com reports that the incident happened at Deluxe, a weekly bash held behind the La Palma's restaurant in Hollywood. An insider says that when the two saw each other, Paris allegedly marched up to Shannon and started yelling at her, saying, leave Rick alone. There's been bad blood between the pair since Rick, 33, rekindled his on-off relationship with a 21-year-old Paris Hilton. The sources say Rick and Paris have been held up at a Beverly Hills hotel for 10 days, partying hard, and he hasn't gone home once to see his two children by another woman. Paris has been leaving threatening messages on Shannon's machine, and Shannon is sick of it, but a spokesperson spokesperson for Paris blamed the argument on Shannon, saying Shannon grabbed Paris's face and punched her. Then Shannon followed her and egged her car, and wrote profanities on her car in red lipstick. Leslie Zelnick... This is the best part. I need to get Leslie on this podcast. She's my everything. Listen to this. Who represents Shannon says, The two did have a conversation. Shannon didn't touch her. Shannon didn't egg her car or write profanities and red lipstick. Shannon doesn't wear red lipstick. The insider says the fiery Shannon 31 told Paris, Listen, I'm through with Rick. You can have him. But you need to let him go home and see his kids and he needs to get help. Shannon has since seen a lawyer about the threatening messages Paris has been leaving her. She hasn't filed a restraining order yet, but she's thinking about it. You guys, listen to me. Shannon did not egg your car, okay? She did not write profanities. Shannon doesn't wear red lipstick. There's actually a really funny scene in the first season of The Simple Life where they kind of reference this because uh, they're playing this like trivia game and one of the cards that Paris pulled, like the answer to one of the questions was Shannon Doherty. And... (laughs) In her baby voice, she goes, I hate that girl. (laughs) This story is so good, and I cannot wait for the next person to come for me. So my response can be, Shannon doesn't even wear red lipstick. So in 2002, Fox was toying with the idea of doing an updated version of a 60s-style sitcom. And they basically wanted to do a 2003 version of, like, a Green Acres. 
And um, the original concept behind The Simple Life revolved around a wealthy New York City family being dropped off on a farm and told to survive. And they'd be cut off from their bank accounts, they'd be forced to cook and clean and look for low-paying jobs in the middle of nowhere. And uh, around the same time, Paris Hilton was meeting with the Fox... (laughs) She was meeting with the Fox... Their casting department up there at the Fox and about possibly doing a show that revolved around her life. And they realized shortly after that Paris and her sister would be the perfect tie in for the concept that they had already come up with of dropping wealthy people off on a farm. Nikki Hilton ended up backing out of the show before filming began. Uh, she was uncomfortable with the idea of her life being so public and she kind of looked down on the concept. I think she felt like Paris would be ruining her uh, future acting career if she had done it, which sounds ridiculous now, but like this was during that really early time in reality TV where if you had done a reality show, you basically couldn't get cast in anything else. Like you were a write-off and nobody would ever take you seriously again. It was like career suicide. And the really funny thing about that is that Nikki's always been the more shy and reserved of the two. And it makes me wonder what this show would have been like had she done it. Because when you go back and rewatch The Simple Life, like, it's so apparent how heavily Paris relies on Nicole to make the show entertaining. And I can't even imagine what Nikki Hilton would have been like. She barely speaks. And when she does speak, it's in like a monotone whisper. She's really boring and like super dull. Like, she never would have been cut out for reality TV ever. So the network basically left it up to Paris to pick her own replacement from her circle of friends. And the list of girls included Kimberly Stewart, Rod Stewart's daughter. I mentioned her last week. She uh, was engaged to Talon Torero for like less than a day or something. And uh, Kimberly fascinates me because she's somebody who we all know. But like none of us really know anything about her personality because she never really like took off. You know what I mean? She was always almost going to do something or almost going to be a part of this. And she just never really took off in that way. And then by the time she did get her own reality show, the Stewart family had a reality show. I want to say it was on E! Like, nobody watched it, and it did terribly, and it got, like, what, one or two seasons? Um, So, yeah, Kimberly was in the running. I think she was, like, the number one person who Paris was, like, really wanting to come with her. And then uh, also Casey Johnson the heir to the Johnson and Johnson brand. Casey was famous for dating Tila Tequila. They had a really, really dark, really dark, really public relationship. Um, she actually passed away in January of 2010. Uh, but Paris basically grew up with her. They had known each other since they were children. And I definitely want to do an episode on Casey Johnson because she has, she's lived a really interesting life. They later settled on Nicole Richie, who at the time was an unknown, and the rest is reality TV history. When I was reading about how um, how Nikki Hilton tried to get Paris to not do The Simple Life because she thought it would ruin her brand, I also read that Kathy had told her like that it was cheesy and that it was beneath them and that it wasn't something that would help her future, which is hilarious to me because Kathy is such a fucking desperate Debbie at this point, and it wasn't even like five years later that she did a reality show on NBC called I Want to Be a Hilton, which I didn't watch and I refuse to watch because I have too much respect for myself, but like, girl, give me a break. Now, look, I think I've held off as long as I physically can without talking about Paris Hilton's sex tape. It's been about 11, 12 minutes. I'm ready. I feel emotionally ready. I feel stable enough to have this conversation. Can we please now get into the goddamn sex tape? You know, I mean, we're inching towards it. I'm sick of the foreplay. Let's just get into it. Let's talk about Rick Solomon. 
So in 2001, a 19-year-old Paris Hilton filmed her now infamous sex tape One Night in Paris with her 36-year-old boyfriend, Rick Solomon. And Rick at the time was basically known just as a poker player. Um, Every time I say poker player, (laughs) every time I say poker player, I think of Joan Rivers on Celebrity Apprentice. Do you guys remember when she she got in that fight and she kept saying, a poker player, a poker player. Anyway. Media outlets had obtained pieced together clips of the tape in mid-2003, um, and they were sent by an anonymous source, which is how news of the tape broke. And Rick had planned for the release of the tape to be right before the premiere of the show so that he would make a shit ton of money off of it. Paris said publicly that she was, quote, out of it and, quote, had no idea what was going on during the filming of the tape. She also stated that she did not approve and had no involvement in its release. So then Solomon sued Paris for defamation of character, and then Paris countersued Rick for his involvement in the release of the tape. They ended up settling outside of court in, two, like I want to say, like 2006. Um, it was reported that Paris had earned $400,000 for the tape, and she donated a large portion of it to charity. Um There's an MTV documentary from 2008 called Paris, Not France, and I'm not going to link to it in the Facebook group because I don't want to get in trouble, but it's on YouTube. And uh, Paris claims that she actually wasn't 19 when they filmed the tape, and that's just what Rick told people. She also said that she had heard from her close friends that when she met Rick, when she was like 15 or 16 years old, that he had actually gone around and told people that he was planning on filming them have sex because he knew that she would one day be really famous. He knew that it would make him a lot of money. So he was basically waiting for her to turn 18 so that he could film them have sex and then he would sell it. Like he had known for years that this was something that he wanted to do. The Simple Life premiered on Fox in December of 2003 to 13 million viewers a few weeks after the tape's release. The show dominated its time slot and every week the numbers grew higher and higher. And Paris ended up becoming a household name. Um, I think that what happened with the tape kind of backfired. I think Rick's plan was that he would make all this money from the tape. But what it did was actually just make Paris more famous. And I think people tuned into the show because we had already watched. Everybody had gone on Google and like kazaa, you know what I mean? And like downloaded the tape. So then you wanted to watch The Simple Life to see the girl who was in the tape. So after the success of the first season of The Simple Life, Paris and her manager Jason Moore began crafting this lifestyle brand based on the ditzy rich blonde character that she had crafted for The Simple Life. And Paris and Jason knew they would be able to basically use that Simple Life Paris Hilton character to sell whatever the fuck they wanted and to represent her as the face of her public image. Now look, I think that at some point the lines got blurred for Paris and she sort of fully became her Simple Life character. And the sad thing is I think that Paris is still stuck in that headspace. I think that in her mind, there's just a never-ending loop of 2003 playing over and over and over and over. And she really is stubborn in the sense that she refuses to move on from it. Like, she will not accept the fact that she's not as famous as she used to be. If you talk to her about it, she has no idea what the fuck you're talking about. The only music that exists is her, like, 2006 album. You know what I mean? Like, Stars Are Blind is the only pop single that's ever been created. Like, she just lives in this fantasy world where she's still Paris Hilton from 2003. And 
I think Paris Hilton has some really fucking serious identity issues that we all just sort of look past. And if you really want to know the truth, I think Paris has potential to be the ultimate contender for, like, the emotionally broken psycho queen. Obviously, Tori Spelling, right now, I would say holds that place. I know Liz Bentley would agree with me. But, like, Paris Hilton is pretty fucked up. Like, she's kind of a crazy person. Especially now that she's getting older. You know what I mean? It was one thing when she was, like, a 21, 22-year-old girl, but she's a woman in her 30s, and she can't keep a relationship. She's not, she hasn't been engaged since she was, like, 18, and... She just kind of lives in this baby girl fantasy. Like, it's it's very fucked. Jason told CNN in 2011 that he met Paris right after the controversial David LaChapelle photo shoot where her nipples were showing. Um, he also states that he recognized her brand potential after he read the GQ Marriott Sisters parody. And he said that it was based on the fact that they were already being parodied by, like, one of the biggest magazines in the world, and nobody even really knew who they were yet. I actually have a quote here from his uh, his CNN interview. He said, She lived the ultimate image and was the ultimate brand on the right name, the right look, the right height, the right hair color, the right eye color, the right everything for a formula that far exceeded anybody else at that time. She was the ultimate package that corporate America would want to make for itself as a marketing tool, but it was already made for them. They say to be a famous person, people want to be you or fuck you, and she encompassed both those things. He also said, I would go home and try and apply brand theory to somebody who eats and drinks and goes to the bathroom, not a machine and not a product. I took all the theory and pop culture that I'd already learned and started to realize if Barbie could actually talk, that would be the biggest brand in the world. And the name became Paris Hilton. Jason was also the one that came up with the idea to register Paris's catchphrases from The Simple Life, specifically, that's hot. And uh, he saw it as the beginning of the Hilton Empire because it moved her away from what she was wearing and what she looked like and to what she was saying. It's basically like marketing some, if like Barbie could speak, you'd be marketing her words and then you'd have to be paid every time she says them. Like this guy's a fucking genius, honestly. So from 2003 to 2004, with the guidance of Jason, Paris had launched a purse collection with Samantha Thevesa an Amazon-exclusive jewelry line, a New York Times best-selling book, Confessions of an Heiress, a tongue-in-cheek peek behind the pose, a perfume line, and a second book, Your Heiress Diary, Confess It All to Me. And um, Jason actually managed Paris's career up to, like, 2011, which is actually around the time that her career took a nosedive. In the interview that I read, um, Jason talked about how he, like, at the beginning of his career, he wanted to be an artist, and he was into painting, and he went to college and studied, like, uh, art history, and he uses a lot of, like, painting and art references when he talks about the way he manages, or the way he used to manage Paris's career, and when the interviewer asked him why he stopped, he basically said because he felt like the painting was over, the painting was complete, the painting was finished, and there was nothing more that he could do with it, and... It's hard to ignore the direct correlation between Paris's cultural irrelevance and when he stopped managing her. It was around the exact same time. Um, I personally, I don't think Paris Hilton is an idiot. I think she's a really smart girl. I think she's always been really good at playing the media. I think there are people who are just born with the ability to play the media when they're in this industry and they know how to keep people hooked you know what i mean like for 10 straight years paris hilton was one of the most famous people in the entire world and 
I'm not going to say that I think that that was all because of Jason, but I definitely think the meeting of those two minds, the way that he saw her career, I don't think anybody else in the world, I just don't see her finding another manager who views her the way that he viewed her. And when you add on the fact that Paris is completely unwilling to accept where she is right now in her career, I just don't know what the future has in store for her. Like, I guess she'll just continue like flying to Ibiza and DJing at phone parties for teenagers until she's like 90 and still dating 20 year old models, which I guess isn't a, a terrible life. But I mean, it would be nice to see her sort of reinvent herself in some way and like grow. I mean, I think the saddest thing about Paris is that she just hasn't grown in any way in so long and everybody around her, you know, Nicole has multiple children and she's a married woman, but she's a chicken coop. Nicole Richie is a fucking chicken coop in her yard and she's children like and Paris is doing the exact same things that they were doing 10 years ago. You know what I mean? If I were managing Paris's career, I would. Okay. I would have her do like a docuseries or something on like MTV. I feel like MTV would be a good network for her. And it would be really raw, very real, very, you know, unscripted, very unedited. And it would be real Paris Hilton, like no baby girl Paris Hilton, none of the baby voice, none of the like flying to Ibiza, none of that, like real Paris Hilton. And I want to hear her talk about some raw shit. I want to hear her talk about her impact on culture and on our society. I want to hear her thoughts on the Kardashians and her real thoughts, not like her three minute, you know, I'm doing an interview for Good Morning America Thoughts. I want to hear her raw, unedited, 14-episode, hour-long, docuseries special thoughts on the fucking Kardashian family. I think that would be really cool to just—I think the only way that Paris can reinvent herself at this point is to just be herself. You know what I mean? Like, she's got the world in her fucking hand right now, and she doesn't take advantage of it. It's like you have just enough of a following still that you could— you know, reemerge, just fucking be yourself, which obviously is a lot easier said than done for a person who has identity issues. And, you know, like I said earlier, I don't think Paris knows who she is. So I think it's hard for her to appear on camera and just be herself because she has no idea who she actually is. I don't even think Paris knows what her real voice sounds like anymore. I'm being dead serious. I really seriously feel like Paris has no idea when she speaks if she's using her natural voice, I don't think she knows what her natural voice is anymore. There's actually this really funny Snapchat and it's not funny. It actually makes me really uncomfortable. I'm going to post it on the Emotionally Broken Cycles Facebook group. It's this video of Paris and Nikki, right? And they're like snapping together. And Paris starts off the snap by using her baby voice. And Nikki always calls her out when she talks like that in front of her. And she's like, Paris, stop it. She's like, stop with the goddamn baby voice. So then in the next snap, Paris is like, she was like, I'm Paris Hilton, and this is my normal voice. And she was like, that's not your normal voice either. Like, she literally had no idea how to speak in her actual tone. Can you imagine? And then in the last snap, she goes, because her voice is about as deep as mine, if not deeper. She's like, I'm Paris Hilton, and this is my normal speaking voice. And Nikki's just staring at her like, good God, you're a goddamn psychopath. <laughs> You guys, the second portion of this episode is going to be Patreon exclusive, and I'm telling you, if there were ever an episode that you would want to hear the remainder of, I swear on my life and my unborn child, it would be this one. 
go to patreon.com slash ebpsychos, become a member, and uh, you will get automatic updates with these episodes and feathers in my hair and all of the exclusive content that Molly records for Emotionally Broken Psychos as well and whatever else we have coming up in the future. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.